Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's so hard. I'm going to play some music. I'm going to pour that glass of wine. And I'm just going to sit down for five minutes. It's time to harvest you. Let's nourish our mama joy by living big and loving bigger. In this episode, we are talking about diffusing the drama. Let's get started harvesting you. When it comes to belittling, this world that we're living in now and everything that has gone on over the past few years, I was really hopeful that humanity would gain a little bit more respect for one another. And sometimes it looks like it's going that way because people are finally speaking up and saying, hey, it's not nice. Like, don't, don't talk to somebody like that. Or, hey, your choice is your choice. Or, hey, we have like this thing called HIPAA, right? Like all these different things. When there's online like threads, like if someone posts something and and there's someone who disagrees with it, like very angry and they start posting and then we start having this like, We're going to hide behind our phones. Okay. That's number one. We're hiding behind our phones. Pick up the phone and call the person. And we're going to, we're going to argue. And I see this often on social media. So it's like, okay, I got to snooze that. I got to snooze that. Right. That is how to learn to deflect the energy of others that you don't want in your space, whether it's in your social media feed or in real life. It doesn't mean um, I don't care or love or or have empathy, but I can't have that kind of energy kind of in my field right now because I don't believe that belittling anybody or being mean to anybody should ever be a thing. I think everyone is entitled to their opinion, right? We may not agree on the same thing, but um, casting judgment and having an opinion are two very, very different words and have very different meanings. Judging someone is playing God. And who are you to make that a judgment on someone else's lifestyle, choices, responsibilities, if they're a stay-at-home mom, if they don't have to work, if they work, how many hours they are working, what they're doing. It's like hold up, look in the mirror, what's my issue? And the biggest thing, like for me, is I started recognizing my own thoughts and the patterns of negative behaviors that I was doing. And I chose to stop talking and stop having something to say 
and really start listening and noticing my thought reactions, like those knee jerk reactions when you're like, or you see um, on TV, uh, you know, people interrupting other people, trying to talk louder than other people. So what's so interesting, and you'll get this because you're super intuitive. You can't fool an intuitive person, right? Not only can I see right through all of that, and I hate, I I, want to say this in the nicest way because I don't want it to sound negative. It's not negative, but I'm reading your body language. I'm watching your eyes. I'm seeing your mannerisms. Like all, all the cues are popping out now. Like you can't fool an intuitive creature. It's like, It's like a dog when they're in the room and there's a fight and they feel they're out, right? They're like, I don't like this energy. I feel the feelings. I'm out of here. It's just like that with us as humans. And I, I understand people are entitled to their opinion. And I think everybody should have an opinion, but I think when you cast judgment on others and what they do with their lives, their career, their health, their family, that's none of your business. True. Yeah. There's got to be a line drawn. And if you go back years and years and years ago, like watching movies from like the 80s and even the 90s, just the language was different. Things were not being thrown around like they are now or said. And the things that are on TV now and the way people in, in social media just say and do and video at your weight, you're like, wait, what? Like that's allowed. Meanwhile, some of the other things are getting pulled off of Facebook. You're like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. But yet you're allowed some half naked young female to, you know what I mean? To exploit. And that's not, that's not red flags. Yeah. Because that fact check is okay. Like, <laughs> it's gotta be it, it's all or nothing guys you know yeah there's something that I have been consciously trying to do more of lately in that realm which is the instinct is for me to use the word you and when I'm just when I was describing something and and when I would tell a story, I would use the word you when really I mean me. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to get rid of that out of my way of speaking, because if I'm talking about my feelings, I'm not judging you. As soon as I start saying you, you, you then you're opening the door cracked for any kind of judgment to walk in if you're not careful, because that can lead down a path or it could be, it could not, it could just be at the threshold. But as soon as, you know, as soon as you know, see, that's another thing is saying, you know, no, you don't know. Uh I know this is what I feel and what I think. So it's a, it's a long entrenched habit that I have that I hear a lot of other people do as well. And I 
my reaction is, no, I don't. Stop talking about me. <laughs> it's you that feels that way. So I need to stop doing that as well. But recognizing that thought is huge. That's leveling up. That's listening. And That's it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. But consistency is key. Repetition is key. Doing the same positive things daily are key. Like you said, doing the same negative things daily create a negative, create negative behavior and you're going to get a negative result. And when you repeat positive actions intentionally every day, it gives you mental clarity you start to recognize thoughts like that and then you can change fixed mindsets and behaviors your, your the behaviors that we think are okay and acceptable and that we're used to and some of them are not and they're not okay i'm teresa with my fix it up life my husband, Mark, and I created My Fix It Up Life as a destination for DIYers, pro remodelers, and homeowners to benefit from our design, remodeling, tool tips, and how-tos to help make home projects easier. Connect with us, Mark and Teresa, at My Fix It Up Life. We're born with joy. It's so hard for me to get out the things that like come in my head and put them into words of understanding to just the average person because I have such a deep, deep interconnection with who I am. And I lifted my head and all of a sudden nature and everything just speaks to me completely different. So I see when I ask for guidance, I get answers from the universe. I get little um, whispers and people and things like put into my path, right? There's this, there's this new, um, new app called Rise, you know, one of just like a Hulu or something. And there was a story about a man who ended up he was a BMX professional biker and he ended up going to jail for drugs. And he said that it, he, he only wanted to start out by smoking and ended up in some other activities and ended up going to jail for four years. And when he went into his jail cell, he was on the top bunk and he looked up and there were words of wisdom that were written on top of you know, on the ceiling. And I don't remember what they were. I didn't write this down because this is just coming right off the top. Long story short, he decided he made himself four goals. And one of the goals was when he came out of here, he was going back to BMX biking and that he wanted to be in the Olympics. And that was like something he was going to do. He was good at it. It was a passion. He was driven by it. And he had three other goals. Make a very long story short, came out, Ended up training, 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 blew out his knee, had to have knee surgery, was told he can never bike again. So he started teaching other people. He started training other professionals and they ended up winning, 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 winning. And his number one woman, young girl at the time, gives him a phone call and says, hey, coach, pack your bags. We're going to the Olympics. Like, how cool is that? He set a goal. He 
he got to go to the Olympics, but from a different perspective. And so humbled that he was able to go as a coach versus and being able to watch like, you know, the universe had his back. He he attracted that like that's what he wanted. But the universe had a different plan. And yeah. I think that was a super cool, like super, super cool story. I, I showed that's I showed that story to my son because I was like, look, like no matter what, if you really want something in life, like you got to set the goals and go for it and put in the time and the work and the effort. You can't just sit there and twiddle your thumbs and scroll Facebook and hope it comes to you. Mm. You got to meet the universe halfway. Definitely. So I thought that was a very cool, humbling uh, story. I really like that because like, I think what happens to a lot of people who set goals and then don't see immediate payoff or don't, you know, say, I want this to happen, or I want to achieve this, and then put in the time and wait five, 10 years, 20 years, and it doesn't ever happen. The thing is, is like, with him, it comes at you sometimes in a different way. Like, yeah. it, it, the, it'll present it in a different way than what you've specifically asked for. So I think, you know, asking for something specific and getting something that isn't the exact thing, but a, like a twist on it, a different different way of it being. I think that um, sometimes in our human world, we kind of put those walls up where it yeah. has to be this one thing. I want that house. I want that car. I want this title in my job. Mm -hmm. And if the title is a little different or if it's in a different field or something has changed, it's a little bit different. It's okay because that's where you should be. Like that's where you're meant to be. Right. You don't like always get exactly what you think you need. You get right. what you really do need. And what you really do need is likely better than what you thought you needed. So true. You know how many times I can remember looking at homes being like, I want that home or I like that home. That has, that's going to be the home. And then it wasn't. And then I found the home and I was like, no, that's going to be the home. And I did everything I could to meet the universe halfway, including writing a letter to the owner you know, reaching out to my guides and my archangels and setting intention daily to attract that home. And clearly we were meant to be here, but I do, you know, where you're meant to be, you may have a plan, but there's always a better plan waiting or that plan wasn't meant for you for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. I never thought I would live in a small town. I lived in the city. I lived. Yeah. You know, I had a condo on the 12th floor with a view of the Potomac in Washington, D.C. And like I had a very different kind of lifestyle than living in a very old house in a small town. But I do remember the first time I drove up to this house, I remember looking up at it in the car and saying out loud. And I don't know what prompted me to say it, but I said, so this is where it's all going to happen. Uh. And then I was like, what did I just say? And then I was like, mm. 
oh my goodness, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Very you strange. Your, it's your intuition. That's your soul self. Yeah. It wasn't me that's saying awesome. that. I just heard myself saying that. So this is where it's all going to happen. What? <laughs> yeah. And when you hear yourself saying those things, that's your, that is your, that is your inner voice. That is your inner guide. And I think some people are so scared of that, of listening to that inner voice that says, when you're out of traffic, like go left. Well, what do you mean go left? Where my destination is, is, is straight. Why would I go left? Go left. For whatever reason, you are being guided to avoid something, to see something, to drive past something. For whatever reason, you're meant to go left. Follow that voice. And we know as mamas, that's also like our mama gut. And how many times have we gone against our mama gut and been like, oh my gosh, I knew better. I knew better. Yeah. I had that whisper. Yeah, we do like what gets in the way a lot is overthinking. Yeah. Rational, over-rationalizing, not trusting that that voice or that instinct that is so strong. And the more often we suppress that instinct, the easier it gets to suppress it, mm-hmm. you know, the, and the more that we listen to it, the easier it is to listen to it. I I'm sure I've told you the story where when Jack was a little guy and he did not sleep well, and he was not, he never slept in his crib. He never slept in his toddler bed, but then he has a full size bed and he started to go to sleep in that bed. So I'm like, there's this little guy in this giant bed. This makes no sense. This is supposed to be a guest bed. One (laughs) night I woke up in the middle of the night. He had to been maybe two years old. Even I woke up, I walked and I didn't even know I was like, I had no thought here. I just walked into his room. I put my arms out and he fell out of bed into my arms. I put him back in the bed and then I walked back into the bedroom and got in bed and went to start to go to sleep. And I was like, what just happened? (laughs) Wow. But I didn't think, I just got up and did it. And before I knew what happened, it had already happened. So I knew he was gonna fall out of bed and I caught him, put him back and he never woke up and he doesn't know what happened. And that is, yeah, you're totally allowing those walls to come down and letting yourself be guided. Yes. And what we do is we put walls up and we don't allow those instincts and that abundance to flow. And the more you open up to it, those things happen. Those things happen to me where I can't All the time. explain why I am doing something, but it works out for a positive reason. And resisting it is is just, it, nothing ever good comes of resisting those feelings. But I, I think too, like it's, it's everything else that, you know, if you're, you know, learning how to play an instrument or gardening, the more effort you put into it, the more time that you nurture it and listening to that voice and just doing and not questioning it, just going with it and doing it over and over and over again, bigger things will happen and you'll be able to connect to bigger things in the universe. So those things that you ask for, 
you'll notice when it's coming upon you instead of ignoring it, thinking I need to have this exact job title or this exact purse or this exact whatever the thing is that you want. And doesn't life life becomes easier. Yeah. Simpler. Yeah. Because it's like all walls are down. All vulnerability is there. There's nothing holding you back from just letting that come in. And life really does become easier. Even when you're going through what feels like mountains and climbing, life, it's everything works out. Like you're put in different places for a reason. Go with it. Don't fight against it. It's like swimming upstream. It's like that famous saying by Esther Hicks. And I'm totally going to get it wrong, but I quoted it in my book. I can look it up. It's something about, you know, you can either go with the, the, the flow of the stream or you can swim against it. Either way, it still flows. So by swimming against it is exhausting. By being in fear that there is more to this world than what is what you just see with your eyes and really believing that you are being guided and protected and intuition is real and to lean into those things, it becomes so much easier. But I feel like we have learned, we learned it backwards. So we're given, we're gifted this birth rate of joy and abundance but we learn to start to put up walls of fear and worry and um, self-esteem issues and the way we look, comparison, all these things start to get in the way of the abundance that we had allowed in for so long. Like just think of like looking at a child and how they play and, and how their own, you know, they're in their imagination and their world. Well, if we could keep that part as an adult, instead of living through our 20s and our 30s, trying to figure out and feeling the the tug of war pull, we don't, there doesn't need to be that tug of war pull. There's no, it's not necessary. We get in our own way. We do. We do. That's the, that's the human challenge of being distracted by all these physical trappings, all these physical things, you know, things that numb our senses, things that, you know, like alcohol and drugs and, you know, eating lots of sugar and stuff People. like that, that, yeah. It just, it, things that we do to distract ourselves from what's going on. And we, it's hard. I mean, we aren't, human nature is to like, look for pleasure, look for, you know, what's the easiest thing we can do? What's, how's the easiest way that we can, you know, get food and shelter and Mm -hmm. have fun and smile? Like, how can we get there the quickest? And usually that path, you know, if we don't, if we, we go after in those quick fixes, Mm -hmm. they're temporary. They get in our way of the bigger things. They're little, little, like Mark always says, you know, you, you, um, you pick up a, you miss the dollar, you pick up the dime, like you skip over it, 
you know, you miss the big payoff because you're looking at these little things along the way and they're distracting. They are distracting. And sometimes it's fun to indulge in things. And sometimes it's fun to like, I just need a mental break and I'm just going to have this glass of wine and mm-hmm. piece of cake. And here I am. But making that be the habit instead of the other way of listening to how you feel, understanding how your body is reacting to things and not just like physically with pain and pleasure, but with the other senses of like, ooh, like the energy is different in this room. Or I can tell that you are unhappy even though you're smiling and Mm -hmm. being able to see that and being able to um, have an appropriate supportive interaction. And I think that, that, that as children, there's a lot of teasing, a lot of like trying things out and it ends up kids get self-conscious, embarrassed and not wanting to be different, not wanting to stand out, not wanting to, and muffle that, that sense of connection to the universe, you know, mm-hmm. we do uh, it to each ha- other as, as we-, we grow up and trying to distract from our self-consciousness by making fun of someone else or pointing to something else in order to protect ourselves, protect our feelings, protect your insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can change the game and teach our children that it's okay to have these insecurities, it's okay to not be happy and to not feel your best all the time. It's okay to fail. But no matter what, at the end of the day, you never point the finger at somebody else, how you feel or your feelings. So let's figure out how we can cope with those feelings and learn different different coping mechanisms to help us. Because when people are mean to other people and project on other people and belittle other people, that is a direct reflection of who they are, how they feel, and what's going on in their mindset. And it's not okay. And and they're not, they're not open to being receptive to what's mm-hmm. going on around them. Because they're know-it-alls. Whatever's yeah. in front of them, they know it all. Whatever information they're being given or they have, they know it all. Well, newsflash, mamas, you don't know it all. I've been in the dance industry for 16 years. I don't know it all. That may be my, 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 my niche, my forte. I don't know it all. I wrote a book. I don't know it all about being an author, right? Like we're, I'm a woman. I don't know everything there is to be known about a woman because I've only been it here for 40 years as a woman. And as I'm entering my 40s, like you so kindly pointed out to me the other day, man, this is a ride. 40s is a ride. And I've only been here for not even a month. And it has <laughs> been a ride. Yeah, I've, I've seen, I've read the studies where the 40s is the most stressful decade because you have most most people in their 40s have children, have aging parents, have careers, thinking about retirement, have all the expenses of like a house or 
how, whatever your housing situation is, it's more expensive because you have multiple people that you're trying to support and you're trying to take people to different activities and the go-to person, you know, that's what happens is the, the roles switch around in a family. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm the guy. I got to drive you and I got to pick up and I got to wait and I got to sit in the parking lot. I know. What? Yeah, it is. It's kind of like this strange game of like musical chairs where you're just walking around all of a sudden you're the one who's like, wait a second, I don't get to sit down. (laughs) Right. Where am I supposed to be? And and I, I, I mean, I am a, if I don't write out my week, and my week, it's going to look like a hot mess, but I'm going to give you an example of what my week looks like. If I don't, and you are not even going to, it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, and then on the other side is Thursday, Friday. If I don't write it out, forget it. So I have to take that time. And, and it's also like a form of remembering too, because like all these dates are in our phone, whoop de doo da I need to like physically see it, write it, remember it like times four. Yeah. <laughs> my, my little old school notebook too that I keep everything yeah. in because I I can fill my entire day and many days in a row never doing anything that's on my personal list of things to do. There's so many things to do around a house when mm-hmm. there's a family and there's friends and there's all kinds of other obligations that I could fill my days very easily and never do any work, never mm-hmm. earn any money, no, no, do anything, mm-hmm. but, and still not sit around. That's why one of the things I hear a lot of moms like complaining about is the belittling of being a, being a homemaker, mm-hmm. of being a stay at home mom however you call that role, that's a very big role. That's a very, 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 very time intensive role. And whether you have one child, no children, five dogs, you know, a home to take care of, if you have aging parent living with you, whatever the thing is, if you are not earning money, earning a paycheck from someone else, Still, there's enough to do in in the day that it's busy and it can be very busy too. For sure. Laundry, cleaning, keeping your house tidy. I can remember a time, you know, going back to in the beginning of the conversation when we talked about how things just become easier, right? When we we let down our guard and we attract um, and we go with, you know, leaning into nature. And I'm not sure if we recorded that, but we were talking about how um, once we let down our walls, then, and we're more open, more things come in and life gets easier. I can remember a time where I would be in a space like, am I supposed to be more busy? Am I supposed to be doing more things? Right? Like I would have this list and I would do it all. And I, and I'd be like, I feel like I have too much I'm not keeping busy. You know how there's, I find there's also a lot of mamas that are in that space of, I have to feel like I'm kept busy in order to be productive. Or value, to feel value, to like. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't have to. You're allowed to take that time 
for you to like regroup. I mean, currently in my life and how the past few months have been, I feel like I am on a merry-go-round because I'm constantly doing all the same. I feel like my days are becoming very repetitive just because my role has changed. And I do find myself in those moments where like, uh, okay, I'll be in the kitchen. I'm like, I'm supposed to be doing something. I know there has to be something else I have to do. And then now who I am today versus who I was a decade ago is like, no, I need to sit down for five minutes. I'm going to play some music. I'm going to pour that glass of wine and I'm just going to sit down for five minutes. You know, I'm owed this five minutes because I know five minutes from now, someone's going to be calling my name or needing something, or I'm going to, the laundry's going to sing and I'm going to have to go fold it. (laughs) Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by A2D, Addicted to Dance Company. Check us out on the web, a2dance.com. We're growing foundation, giving back to our community and changing lives is our mission. You know, um, the other day, John calls me. Ava's calling for, she was at my brother's house for something she wants to do, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, 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 we're not doing any of that. So the next thing you know, Ava calls me and I just shut her down. I shut her down right away. And then I got off the phone and I was like, well, that was pretty shitty. So I called her back and I said, I'm really sorry. I should have let you speak your piece. And then I could have talked. You did not deserve that. You deserve to be heard. Daddy had already given me a heads up. And I just shut you down without knowing. And I never want you to feel like your voice, you don't have a voice or you don't get to ask a question. I never want you to be afraid to come to me to ask me something in fear that I'm going to shut you down. So I recognized immediately what I did. And I went and mended that. So that wouldn't happen again. And what was her her reaction? What did she say after you apologized? Did, Did she go through what she wanted to say previously? Or did she still feel like she couldn't say it? Well, she was with her aunt and her cousin, and she just said, thank you. I'm on my way home. So when she came home, you know, again, I was like, Ava, you know, like daddy had already given me a heads up, but it wasn't fair to you. You deserved the opportunity to call me like you did him and give him your whole idea of how you wanted this to go. Um, Meanwhile here's me at my wit then because I'm in complete and utter exhaustion on Friday at six o'clock or Saturday at six o'clock. And I didn't want something else added to my plate. So I was a hard no (laughs) without giving her the opportunity to speak. And I feel like that's really important. Even if you are a no, even if you already know As soon as you give off the vibes of no, it's shutting them down. And then all of a sudden, the next time, they may not feel like they can be truthful, completely vulnerable, honest. And that's not what I want for my kids. 
And that's in every relationship too. Even if I know that, that I know what is going to be said to me, especially yeah. with my son, like some idea, even, you know, when he was little too, I have crazy ideas or want to do these things that were very complicated, would take a lot of time and effort and energy. Listening to his idea helped me to be able to understand what he wanted to get out of that experience, that idea of doing it because then I could have the opportunity to suggest something that was a compromise. So like Mm -hmm. he would still get out of it a little bit of what he wanted to achieve, but I wouldn't have to, you know, build an entire obstacle course in my backyard for him to achieve it. We could still create something that could give him what he needs. And I think yeah. that's with everybody shutting someone down and not hearing them truly speak what they really want to tell you. You're missing. There's something in there that that you're going to miss if you shut them down. Mm-hmm. There's something in there that you're going to miss. And then that is going to build a barrier in your relationship with that person. Now, if you want to build a barrier, that's cool. But I don't want to build barriers in my life. I want no. to be present and available and I and I do that too like the knee-jerk reaction sometimes is like no like please I can't yeah we're not doing this right my bucket is full please just stop and then like I have to take a breath and then do what you did is okay that was not about this person it's not about Mm -hmm. you it was about me and I had too much on my plate for that minute I needed to find a calm space for my head so I can accept in more information. Right. And I do that to my husband oftentimes at night. I'll say to him or, you know, when I have a lot going on in a day, I'll say, I have a lot going on in here and I want to be here for you. If there's something that you need from me today that you really need today, let's talk about it. But if it's not like it can't, wait until tomorrow. I can't accept any more information and I am not going to be yeah. able to fully hear you and help you with whatever it is. I it's funny. You, I, it's I know funny my limits. You say that. Yeah. Because my husband says to me, like, as I was preparing for even coming on to talk to you today and, um, mamas, I may or may not have said this before, but you know, Teresa and I's conversations are unscripted. They are not we don't pre pre talk about, we may say like, okay, here's our topic today, but it can go left, right, up, down either way. And that's what's so awesome and authentic about our podcast. But he comes down and he has, he's on his way to physical therapy and he has an hour and he's like, so, um, do you want to talk about some stuff or do you have stuff on your plate? And it's just like, like I could see like there was an, a need for an attention where there were, I was like, do you have something you specifically want to talk about? Cause he sees me writing and doing and just getting out my thoughts. And I was like, you know what? I have 10 minutes, just sit down. And we ended up just like talking about whatever, like nothing specific or nothing, you know, that involved any other than like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What are the plans later? What do you want to have for dinner? Like very just simple, um, you know, interaction. So 
I think that's great that you're able to be like a mark like right now, unless it's like something you really need. Can you just write it down and later? And it's awesome that he's able to accept that and recognize that. Most of and the time that, he does. <laughs> I can't say that that happens all the time. Sometimes well, he maybe. gets very frustrated with me mm-hmm. when I do that. But lately, because we've I've been doing it, I, I you know, it's something that I do on the regular. The more that I've done it, the more he understands. And then, but the thing is, I have to follow up with him uh, and then go back yeah. the next day or go back I get that. to him and say, okay. I'm all yours. What is it that you want to do or tell me? I want to know about the project that you're building. I want to know about he's he's renovating a porch right now. I want to know about that. Tell me what happened um, in that project. So I have to go back. If I don't go back, then the first part's not going to ever work where I can it's say fine. I need I need a I, I I'm full. Mm-hmm. But when I start to get empty, I need to, you know, attend to that or else it will hurt our relationship in a big way. And he won't trust me when I say that. Well, he'll start to put up those barriers like we talked about a little bit ago. Well, it's like that old old saying where, you know, honey, I have a headache, you know, like every night Mm. she has a headache. Well, that's the same thing as putting up that barrier. If you never not have a headache. Mm-hmm. then there's a giant wall that gets built between two people in a relationship. So sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, um, I do no. like though that John, he just wanted to connect with you. Like he just wanted you just wanted yeah. you to look at him and mm-hmm. focus entirely on him for a few minutes because I think that I think husbands that happens to a lot of husbands and people in relationships where you feel like you're not being seen if the other person is really busy mm-hmm. and feels kind of like um, I'm being left behind. I'm being left out. Mark used to say this. I feel like you're erasing me when I would have a lot going on and I wouldn't be able to take on what he wanted to talk about. Or I would, he would put things away and I would re-put them away where I know where they are because I'm the one who know who's get asked, where is my wallet? Where is my wallet? Where are my keys? Did you take my phone? Did you do this? So I'm the one who knows where all the things are in the house. And so I have where I put them. And when I would, move things that he had already put he would say you're erasing me you're erasing what I just did so I need to always be conscious of like looking at him in his eyes and listening to him when he needs to have my undivided attention as much as possible and I thank my sister-in-law for showing me that at a young, young age, because she, no matter what she was doing, she would put it aside when my brother came in the room to talk to her, no matter what she was doing. She would always Mm -hmm. just put down her book, put down what she was cooking, put down what she was eating, whatever the thing activity was. Because my brother 
takes up a lot of energy and a space. He'll walk in and he'll pace back and forth, a lot of anxious energy, just talk and have worries and have, you know, this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. And sometimes she would tell him to call our mother because she couldn't like listen anymore, but she would always put it, whatever she had aside and full attention. And I saw her do that so many times that I'm like, and then he would relax. His anxiety would go down and he would then be able to sit and just chill. But um, growing up with him, he was always that way, always pacing, always just like this nervous ball of like, I got to be doing, I got to be doing, I got to go here. I got to, and seeing, seeing her way of being with him, but I'd never seen anyone else be with him that way. And it worked and it made him mm. feel better. I was like, oh, she's on to something. Look at that. So I think of yeah. her whenever he was, yeah. she was like his, um, his balance. She was like his breath. She was like, yeah, gave him that space to be him. Yes. Yeah. And that's so important. We all need to give each other that space and allow that space. That reminds me of like when we're, you see all these school board meetings, um, uh, you know, and people fighting and trying to talk on top of each other. If everyone just gave each other the space to speak their piece, there may be something in that for you to hear that you never heard because you think you know it all by talking over somebody else. But listening, really listening to other people and reading a room and feeling others' emotion and letting your, what you came in there to say, what you came in there to do, that guard down, it opens up more space to receive, to receive what you want ultimately, what that, what, what that ultimate abundant goal is of what you want. And that's special, but it takes training. That's not, that's not going to happen overnight. Like you said, in the beginning, we want, you want, you want, you want, you want, and you're not getting, getting, getting right away, but you've got to put in the work and the practice. And the fact that you're able to observe that behavior was such an example setter for you, for their children, for, you know, everyone around them that's a great characteristic to carry, to be able to put aside, okay, you have my full attention. Clearly she learned his behavior. She knew how he worked and what was the best way to help him navigate that, those times. Yes. And she couldn't have done it without paying, paying attention and wanting, wanting him to feel better wanting that relationship to work like you really have to want it sometimes to put in the work and yeah about those school board meetings I I whenever I see something I love to watch the news you know my husband calls me like you know like I feel like I'm a part of the news somehow like I went to journalism (laughs) school and so It's, it's just, and I re- used to write for newspapers and, and, you know, all that stuff in my history. So I love the news and I watch a little bit of it every day. And when I see those kinds of fights at school board meetings or other things like that, and there's this outrageousness to it, the loudness, the, the drama 
And it always feels like they're in some kind of reality show competition. Like who can be the most outrageous because that person is going to get clipped and put on the news, gonna get clipped and put on YouTube, get clipped mm-hmm. and been spread around social media and have their, you know, couple seconds of fame happen. And if we all calmed down and like lowered our energy and listen to each other and not show up for a competition, like it's showing up to compete and I will conquer, I'm gonna conquer this room. I'm going to be the most in here. And it doesn't matter if what I want to happen will happen. It just matters if everybody sees me and hears me and quotes me and recognizes me and me, 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 me. But the point of those meetings is to like, accomplish something it's and not those, it's not an audition to be on no I'm like who's the craziest people, school board meeting person you know like and those people think that they're taking a stance of leadership but that is not leadership leadership is when you teach others to rise to rise with you to rise above you It is not to make other people feel small or wrong or scream over them. It's to give them an equal voice or to help them uh, help them flow. There is a way to go about getting your message across and screaming and the chaos and the drama. Not only are you really embarrassing yourself, you're you're projecting whatever's going on in that headspace out into the world. And that little clip of fame that you got could be told a thousand different ways because like we've said before, people didn't see the before, people didn't see the after, people don't know your story. So mamas, it is something I say in my house every day. Let your thoughts touch your heart before they speak your lips. Because once it's out, it's out. Once those words are out, you don't get to take them back. You don't get to take that energy back. You just put that energy into the world. And you can say, you can have an opinion. You're allowed to have a different opinion. You're allowed to be on the other side. But it's not what you say, it's the way you say it. And how many times have we been told that as children, as as humans? Get the message, folks. It's not what you say, it's the way you say it. I and and I'm struggling with that with my 13-year-old right now because he is an emotional ball of that is how his self-expression is. I am going the it is to the heights of everything, right? And my husband can't cannot handle that from the other room. He's not seeing the situation of Chase and I and when Chase's self-expression. He's just hearing the yelling, the screaming. So trying to teach a 13-year-old super, super empath doesn't realize all the feelings he's feeling and taking on of others, trying to teach him how to navigate that and can, and bring it down like 12 octaves. <laughs> it's also being a teenager. You know, I, re- I remember being 
13, hormonal, over the top, yelling. Um, and when you're on the other side of it, you're just like, Man, I, 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 I want to listen to you, but I can't listen to you scream. And that's the other thing. When you're hearing people scream, the people who have no interest, like if you're trying to get your message across at a school board meeting or whatever, we're just using that as an example, and you're screaming it, guess who's not listening to a word you're saying? Because your vibe attracts your tribe and your energy, you're trying to control the room with this negative energy and this force of, of fierce, I, you know, like you just turned me off. Find a different approach. Think about those thoughts. Go rehearse in the mirror. Is that what you want to look like? Some of these news broadcasters who are like screaming on the TV, like to oh. the audience, I'm like, can you please shut that off? Because you you just lost me forever. Yes, that that energy is just no, no, thank you, no, thank and, you. And by the way, call your local therapist because you clearly have some anger issues. Yes. Like I and I am not knocking therapy. I think therapy is for everyone. I think everyone should see a therapist. There are therapy. There is solace in therapy of having someone that has no pulse on your your daily, but an outlet to talk to. Um, so that was not a knock on that. That was like for real, for real. Like look in the mirror. I mean, we've all came from different sides of the world and grown up differently in different households with, and I think you don't realize until you're older, oh, we all didn't grow up with the same morals and values. We all didn't grow up the same way. Oh, wait, she doesn't think like me. Oh, wait, they don't have this. Oh, wait, their family's divorced or they only, they have a single mom or they have a single dad. Like teaching these kids young at a young age that Every, everybody is different and everybody has their own feelings and their own ways and their own lives, but you can, you can create more abundance and more love and more thoughts. If you're, if you're vibrating on a positive level and you're speaking and you're reacting because when someone is projecting that way onto you, that's about them. That's not about you. Mm-hmm. And what they're, and they're doing is they're trying to attract their, their, not consciously, maybe, but in that energy, trying to attract that energy back through you. So they're trying mm-hmm. to put that energy back. So they, re, so you reflect what they're feeling. You know, people who start arguments, it's just the same thing. It's then you're in the argument. As soon as you tip over into their energy level, you're in that argument that you didn't mm-hmm. even know was going to happen, just grew out of the ground, surprised you. You know, it, it's a surprising thing when being caught off guard in those situations. But it's that, you know, what I want to have around me is what I try to put out. Mm-hmm. And if we're putting out that hostility, that's the hostility we're receiving. And I'm always, 
baffled and just still baffled. Those TV hosts that yell and scream and are dramatic, overly dramatic and feed on people's fears and sort of exaggerate stories that there's an audience for that. And then I always think about the audience. Who, who is being attracted to this as being a, something that, that you want? Like who is, like what is happening in their world? Like you're saying, therapy is a great thing. But there's a reason why there's an audience for it. And then it just sort of spirals and feeds itself and feeds itself and feeds itself. And then that energy then spirals off of that and then moves on to trying to create an argument on Facebook with someone else because there's that energy that's just spiraled and reinforced that negative energy. You know, it's just, I'd rather be in a positivity spiral and then go and share some happiness with someone else than to be in the negativity spiral and then show up angry and start yelling and try to get my five seconds of look I'm famous on Twitter so well plus they do they do attract a like-minded group of people as well that are cheering it on and making it go and those people the I like to call them sheep sorry that kind of just follow, but won't be the, the frontliners, won't get up front. They'll, they'll follow and yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you, you need to look at yourself. You need to have your own voice, your own light. And, and why, why, why are you going that path? Why are you choosing anger, argument, fighting, yelling? Isn't there a better way? Because we are setting examples for the future generations. Like that is our job. I, I saw something yesterday about uh, um, a, a teacher who went in front of, I guess, the board of her school in Virginia. And she was like straight to the point And she said, we are not here for you. We're here for the creating the future leaders of tomorrow. And this is our job. Our job is to make sure that they are molded and shaped to know that they have choices and they can make their own decisions. And it doesn't matter where they came from, what zip code they grew up with, what skin color they are. Like she was great. And she didn't scream it. She said it with intention. She said it strongly. She was straight into the point. She wasn't screaming it. And I felt her impact. I felt like, yep, like that. We need more of that kind of energy. She was being truthful. And she said, you know, there's a lot of people that are afraid to stand up and speak their peace. But our kids are counting on us because they only have so much that they can they can do or say or ask because they're children. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool uh, since we're talking about school boards and 
very inspiring. I even showed my son it and, and they asked something. Uh, somebody asked if, if she was permitted to speak based on her medical history. If she had a, um, what are you calling it? I'm trying to say it without saying it. If she had an excused notice to be present since she wasn't, um, since she didn't get the right, if she was able to be in that setting. And, and she's like, yeah, I, I do have it. And yes, they do have it. And, the, and she's in front of hundreds of people waiting for her one minute. And they were like, well, we're, you're going you're gonna to have to wait a minute until we get clearance. And it's all quiet. And she goes, you know, it's really embarrassing that you're putting me in this position. She's like, there's a law called HIPAA. And I can't, I can't ask you if you have this or you have this disease or if you're pregnant or you're this, but you can ask me in front of hundreds of people and put me in this embarrassing, like, no matter what it is or, or, or what, what the topic is, I just think um, people need to be more aware of what they're saying, how they're saying it. And how would you like to be on the other side mm. if you were sitting in that position? Absolutely. I applaud that because being able to say that, say this is embarrassing and this is not right. I think then there's a, there's a difference between saying your piece and giving a personal opinion or sharing a thought or advocating for yourself versus it tips into, I can't let them get away with that. I can't let that person just say that. I can't let that, the letting thing is I, a lot of times where that gets into and, and not letting her speak, the letting, the, the barriers that gets put up. Um, yeah, like why shouldn't she be able to speak? Like all, like I just said about what's being thrown on TikTok and all these inappropriate, total disgusting, inappropriate used language, showing body, that's all okay. But someone can't speak their piece because they're being judged on what should or shouldn't be, that's not okay. That is not okay. And mamas, we, we are the voice of our children. We do need to educate our children. There was so much I wanted to hide from my children um, years ago. And now it's like, I showed my son that video yesterday. And I said, I want you to pay attention to this. I want you to see this. And then he like asked me questions like, what does this word mean? What does this word mean? I'm like, oh, HIPAA means this, blah, blah, blah. This means this. But it's important to see like this is happening. 
And if you're in an, if you're in a situation that you're uncomfortable, you don't have, you're, you can get out of that situation. You don't, you don't need to take it. You don't need to take someone pointing their finger, projecting their anger, telling you this is the way it is. Yes, you must be respectful. Yes, you must not, you know, we're not going to start freaking out or having meltdowns like you do on your mother in the kitchen. There's a way, but, you know, you go into the nurse's office and you call and say, I, I need you to come and get me or this just happened or to learn to advocate for themselves in a peaceful manner. Yes. And not through, take, through. taking that burden on of being, feeling belittled, feeling exactly. less than, feeling exactly. like, you know, like our voices don't matter, like our opinions don't count, that we aren't. And I remind my son of this sometimes when he's having his teenagery uh, moments. He's like, I'm an actual human. You might not like, let's like, let's like, let's be respectful here. I'm an actual person. It's funny you say that. That you call mom. I am a yeah. actual person with feelings and things are going on and we need to be respectful of each other. And Ma- yeah, it's, it, but I think that gets lost a lot of the times as kids it are does. Um, adolescents is that your parent, like parents become these characters who are trying to suppress you or trying to control you or trying to make you do things like take out the trash and the drama of the whole thing. Yep. But we're real people. We're not just these, like, we're not playing a role, uh, you know, in a show for you to use as a punching bag. We are real people and we don't want to be belittled either in our relationships with our children, but we need to teach them through showing them how to be a kind person. We need to show them and not just tell them especially when they're having those meltdown moments. Right. And we need to be able to talk to them because the less like those little car rides, we had a car ride yesterday to go get Chase's haircut. And the last thing he wanted to do is get his haircut. And the last thing I wanted to do was walk outside because it's zero degrees and it's freezing. And this is not my weather. So of course I didn't want to go either, but you, you needed a trim we had this scheduled. We're not canceling. So the car ride was quiet for a minute because I was letting him have his speak his piece, but then, or like have his moments. But then I kind of said what you said, you know, I'm not just this person who drives you from place to place. Like this isn't my, I don't feel like doing this either. You need to recognize that this is an action that I'm doing for you. And I expect you to find gratitude in these little actions because they're happening all the time, whether we're running to pick you up at somebody's house or we're running you to a sport or you're, you're doing this. Like that's not just on you. Who's walking into that sport. And that is something I took for granted as a kid, looking back now as an adult, is I was just being driven and I'm the one who had to go to do the work and dance for five hours and then get back in the car to come home. And, but the difference between when I was a kid and now is there wasn't that communication. So I try to take those opportunities of, you need to recognize. So don't, you know, on the way home, he gets out of the car. And he says, 
thank you for taking me to get my hair cut. So he heard me. Yeah. He heard me. And the other thing with my kids, like when I'm at, I, I allow myself to be vulnerable and to show them when you hurt my feelings or when you, I'm not just going to put up a wall and shut my door and step over a situation like it didn't happen because that starts to build up barriers that starts to break. You, you start to go like this. And I never, ever want that for either of my kids, for my relationship with my kids or my husband's relationship with my kids. I can remember Chase saying to me not too long ago, but I'm only a 13 year old kid. And I'm like, no, that doesn't, you're not only a 13 year old kid. And then I went off my checklist of what he means to me as being Chase. And then I went off the checklist of what it means to go through being 13. And I understand your hormones and you want to be eight at times. And then you want to be 16. And then this 13 is in between. You're not only a 13-year-old kid. Stop trying to rush life. Stop trying to rush the days. Even though I sit here and say, oh my gosh, it's snowing again. Why do we live here? I can't wait for summer. (laughs) You know, I like looking at the snow. I like walking in the snow. From the inside. But I don't like driving in the snow or being cold. I get cold easily. And I got the heated vest and the heated gloves and all that stuff a handful of years ago. But I think that's great that I, that he's listening to you. Well, and the return of yes. me hearing that he's listening to me, yes. I think is special. And <laughs> that go- that goes back to in the very beginning about being open and meeting the universe halfway and allowing the signs to show up and stop blocking them and not and and follow your those intuition follow those guts because everything in life does get easier even these little bits of relationships Chase in a, in a different life may have not responded that way to me so quickly he may have not responded that way to me at all, but it has taken a lot of time, a lot of practice and a lot of patience. And they're watching, they watch me work out and do my rituals every day and read my angel cards and like, they're watching. Oh yeah. And they don't miss a beat. Even when you think they're not watching, they don't miss a beat. That's when they're really watching when you don't think they are. That's, that's the truth, hands down. So being a great example, being who we want our kids to be. Yeah. You want your kid to be a fighter or you want your kid to be a leader and help make other rise, yeah. others rise. Yeah. I always think what, what advice would, the advice I would give him is the advice I give me. So And I think a lot of mamas kind of look past themselves a lot and not take the advice they would give to a friend or their child or support or their, you know, support their own dreams the way that they support their kids or their friends Mm. or their siblings or whoever it is. And 
treating yourself in that way, in a loving way, the way that we treat those that we care most about. In doing that, we are opening ourselves up for seeing good things to happen. When we help other people achieve their goals, our goals come too. It, it, we encounter yeah. other people that can help us and lead us in directions where, where it's unexpected, where something happens that um, we'll be able to get to that next place or get whatever that dream is to happen in helping others and setting a good example. and. They're God I'm still working on the you thing, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we all have those little goals and all have those big goals in our days. And I'm glad that we are doing it together. Me too. So thank you, mamas, for joining us. Thank you. This has been, this has been a very full conversation today, talking mm-hmm. about people belittling each other, talking about how we can set a great example, thinking about ourselves and our feelings and not projecting, rising up, raising other people up, setting those goals and looking around and trusting, trusting our guts, trusting those those feelings that we have. And our instincts are usually on the mark. Always. So I hope you guys will keep watching and talk to us. We would love to hear from you. And please comment, subscribe. The more you guys comment and share with your friends, the more our podcast organically grows and we can reach more mamas out across the world because our ultimate goal is to help you harvest your mama joy. And if you don't have time for this full podcast that we do every week, we do a morning mojo on Thursdays and little, little, um, you know, morning mojo to wake us up and start our day in a positive direction. And we'd love to see you there or visit our Instagram, Harvesting You, and check that out and let us know how you feel about it. What's your morning mojo? Yeah, definitely get in the conversation. There's a there's a feed. You can ask us questions during our Thursday morning 555. We had some people comment last week. It's great. Like, ask us questions. If we can speak to it, we see them right away. We can talk about it. Yeah, and it's just 15 minutes in the morning to get started on our day. And it really does set my day in a better direction. Every week we do a morning mojo. So I am grateful yeah. for that. So this is the end of this conversation and um, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.